The following is a recording of a personal blog. Episodes may contain topics of abuse, sexual violence, self-harm, and death. All topics are handled with care, but some details shared are triggering. Listener discretion is advised. So I want to talk about being exhausted and I want to use the word exhausted. I, uh, oh, uh, sorry. W- welcome to DID and me. I'm Armand Gutierrez. Uh, I'm exhausted <laughs> in this moment. I am so tired that I, I like to use the word exhausted. So w- with mental health, you have to constantly be working harder than most people to try to get what you want or get what you need. Uh, for me, an every single day occurrence is faking my memory or it's giving something relevant to someone, a piece of information, a uh, question that uh, not only makes it seem like I have it together, but it also makes it easier for me to have the conversation. So if somebody comes up to me and asks me, how much is this television? Uh, If I was a television salesman, then I would go, well, I know that the television is one of the newer models. And as I say that sentence, I'm looking up the price and showing them the price. I'm not just going to go, oh, I've been selling this television for an entire month now. And I have no idea what the price is still, even though I've been quoting people this, uh, you know, 3,000 times a day, but I still can't remember this number because that's how my memory works. You just can't do that. You, you got to lead into technically the solution before you get to talking about the problem or if you talk about the problem at all. For me, the exhausting part is really physically in my body. My five senses are not normal. I have hypersensitive hearing, sometimes touch. uh, The sensitivity of touch is very low. Sometimes it's very high. And uh, sometimes I'm hypersensitive to smell. Sometimes I'm I'm pretty normal in smell. And then uh, as for my eyesight, uh, before I had a psychotic break, Uh, Looking at things was really difficult, and then I had a psychotic break, and my eyesight completely changed. I had to go back to the optometrist, and my eyesight completely changed. That's that's like a phenomenon that I I only heard about, that you you have a psychotic break, and then things like taste, smell, uh, and your eyesight change. Um, That's what happened to me. It was horrifying, uh, but it happened. So now... (laughs) My eyesight even changed after that. When you're tired and you have to recharge and you have to rest, a lot of the time we think about, what am I going to do so that way I can regain my energy? And then you start thinking about being introverted or extroverted or time management or whether or not you just want to scroll through the internet. 
And, you know, sometimes you get filled, you know, sometimes you feel rested, but it feels like a lot of the time for me, at least, it is just this grind of being worn down over time and finding those moments where I really get my energy back gets exhausted or depleted almost immediately if something surprises me gives me anxiety maybe nothing's happened to me and I'm already having anxiety if I'm feeling more my body today than yesterday really it, it's this constant fluctuation of these five senses that throw me off and then it's also you know talking and dealing with different types of people like uh Right before the new year, which, by the way, when you listen to this episode, Happy New Year, if you celebrate this version of the calendar. But a lot of the people before the new year were saying, oh, Happy New Year, good luck, <laughs> because they know I, I work in retail. And I'm like, thanks, I, I really appreciate that. Kind of wish you were saying that before the holidays, but regardless, thank you. Cool. Very nice. And... Uh, talking to person after person after person after person, regardless of whether or not you have mental health issues, regardless of whether or not, you know, you enjoy it. It's tiring. It takes up energy. And then it comes to a point in time where you're at home and you're like, well, I still got to do the dishes or I still got to take out the trash or some other chore. Maybe take care of your animals, a loved one a family member, maybe even an enemy. I don't know how many of you are going home and live with your enemies and you're like, oh man, I, I hate this person so much, but I got to take care of them. <laughs> so what do you do when you're exhausted, when you're, when you're mentally ill and exhausted? Well, first let me tell you what you don't do. Um, don't try to solve the problem all the time. Oh, and before I get into this, I'm not a medical expert. Uh, this is not legal advice. Um, when I say you, I'm kind of referring to me. So let me let me reverse that around to be a little bit more realistic. When I go home, I have to remember, just stop it. <laughs> stop trying to solve all the problems. If you're tired, you're tired. Learn to accept that. If I'm exhausted, learn to accept that. Maybe I can get some of my energy back. You know, eating's always a really good thing. I have anorexia, so a little bit of food, a little bit of a little bit of a drink, lemonade, soda, water. Oh God, water's so good. Um, whatever, right? A treat is going to give me a little bit more energy. And then maybe I can do the thing that I want to do. Uh, today I took out the trash. Uh, I put a heating pad on my back because my lower back hurts. And emotionally, I'm drained. When I'm emotionally drained, what am I supposed to do for kind of the situation of How do I get my energy back? Sometimes the answer is do nothing. 
don't try to get the energy back. Just accept that you're exhausted. Go to bed early. Try to go to sleep. I have a lot of sleeping issues, so, you know, that doesn't work out all the time. But that's okay. Try anyways. My wife is playing Kingdom Hearts 3, so I can watch her play Kingdom Hearts 3. Maybe watch some anime. And, you know, I don't want to be so focused on this goal to feel better. Uh, it's okay to not be okay. You might have heard that before. So to practice that, of okay being not okay, don't. <laughs> don't try to progress forward. Don't constantly try to work on stuff. One of my best friends is really, 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 really good at monitoring their mental health, asking questions that I would normally hear in my group therapy or with my therapist. They're really good at, uh, you know, having a conversation and helping you reflect. But the thing is, is, is that every single time I text them, if they don't message back, <laughs> technically um, something therapeutic or something uh, that's cognitive psychology, then it makes me think something's wrong because that's how frequently they're focused on trying to make their mental health better and trying to help me with my mental health. And it's exhausting. To be honest, it's like, okay, so I'm already tired from dealing with my symptoms. And now I'm talking with somebody who still wants to talk about those symptoms. Maybe I just want to whine. Maybe I just want to complain. Maybe I just want a little bit of empathy or sympathy. Maybe I want to be distracted. And so sometimes when they go like, and how does that make you feel? Although that's not really what they say. They usually say something like, um, well, that's good. What's a positive thing that we can pull from this? Uh, sometimes I let them know. Uh, you know what? I'm not really looking to fix the problem. I kind of just want to complain. And they're like, oh, cool. And then, <laughs> and then they let me complain. And so there is a fatigue on trying to fix the problem. And that's exhausting in itself. So if I, if I had to like divide this up into three sections down into three roads, I would say one road is you're just tired. You're exhausted. You've definitely overworked or done too much of whatever. And now you're experiencing symptoms. The other road is, is that because you're so exhausted, you end up doing nothing and you end up suffering even more because of that, because you accept the behavior and don't change the behavior and then your symptoms get worse. So let's say, for example, uh, you know, I'm tired and I'm not sober all the time and I don't do anything to change, you know, my... Uh, my toxicity. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, it's really hard to, to word this out. Let me put it this way, right? If I'm getting high or if I'm getting drunk, and I'm doing that very frequently, and those symptoms that are coming from that is just being more depressed, then I can either continue being high or drunk and continue being depressed because I'm so exhausted, or... Maybe I can stop drinking. Maybe I can stop smoking. Maybe I can stop eating the edibles. Whatever you need to do to stop being intoxicated. And then that is an actual step of effort moving forward. But then you're not going to feel great instantaneously. So you just kind of accept that you're still exhausted. And then move forward with that. You changed one symptom 
be okay with that. Don't try to redo the whole thing. So it's continue on the same destructive course while being exhausted. Uh, change something or a couple things and then continue being exhausted. Or do nothing. <laughs> be patient with yourself until you feel like having that change or feel like you want to push against that change and then make an effort to that change. And there's a lot of people who think that that last option, making an effort, is the correct answer almost all the time, almost automatically. And I, I don't view it that way. I don't like that idea because then that kind of implies that somehow you have control over your disability at all times, which it's a disability or it's a mental disorder. Of course, you don't have control over it all the time. So let's move away from, you know, alcohol and drugs. Let's talk about dissociative identity disorder. If I got, and I'm not going to use Damien as an example, let's say I have Bernie. And I have Bernie who's talking to me. He's sad. He's so sad. Poor little Bernie. You used to be so chipper and full of life and then you got older or I got older and you just you just got sad. So I got Bernie and I'm exhausted. I've already dealt with the work day. I've already dealt with my chores. And I have Bernie in front of me. And I got three options. Do nothing. Let Bernie do Bernie. Bernie be Bernie. Um, change one thing and then accept the result of no change or change. Or change a lot of things or try my best at something and then succeed at that change. Ultimately, you know, that Yoda line, do or do not, there is no try. Well, that's a little silly. <laughs> Because, sure, you can try, but after you try, the results are do or do not. And Yoda kind of wants to ignore that middle ground, even though you can be stuck in that middle ground for like days, weeks, months, years. Uh, if I was diagnosed with a cold and I keep on trying different cold medicines, what I'm doing is seeking a remedy, but what I'm not doing is getting better. So if you want to be in an ultimatum, if you want to be kind of in an extreme, sure, do or do not, there is no try. But realistically, not trying is an option too. And realistically, trying and not doing is just as valid as trying and doing. It's also just as valid as succeeding or failing. Whatever you consider the idea of failure is usually infinitely more harsh than what reality is. So, again, people like to go to extremes, so when they go talk about like say stocks and they're like, I just lost half a million dollars in stocks. That's a failure. I'll go. Yeah, no, yeah, that, no, that sounds like a failure. That sounds like a really shitty situation to be in. But when it comes to mental health, you got to give yourself a break because you don't have that under your control. 
with the stock thing and with getting a cold, you had certain things under your control. You you could have worn a mask. You could have brushed your teeth more. You could have had some vitamins and uh, maybe not spend half a million dollars in stocks. Uh, all four of those are completely valid things to stop those other things from happening for you. But your mental health and your life is just going to go with or without you. And if it goes without you, then I would probably say you're that you're just chilling and you're just letting life go by you, which is completely okay. In high school, when I first started dealing with my mental health, I was really, really obsessed with this idea of getting better. So I started talking to people more and listening to people more and fixing other people's problems. And I figured if I was able to fix their problems, then one day I would be able to fix my own problems. Like, you know, somebody comes up to me and goes like, Harmon, you know what? Maybe I'm hearing these voices in my head and I'll go like, oh, I know how to make you stop hearing those voices in your head. And I think about their situation and then I work on their thing. And then I go, wait a minute. I hear voices in my head. I'll be able to figure out this problem. I did it for so-and-so. Spoiler alert, that never fucking happened. That's <laughs> this ludicrous. Why on earth? It's not as though doctors go around and they go, all right, so uh, it looks like you got a case of gout. Um, I also have gout. Uh, I'm going to give you this medication, and if this medication works, then I'm going to take the medication. No, the, do the doctors are going to do research. They're going to look into things. They're going to fix it before they even have a patient come in if they have it for themselves. You know, like put your flight mask on before you put on somebody else's mask if your airplane has uh, low oxygen or whatever. So that was just ridiculous to do in high school. Just go like, oh, fix everyone and then I'll be able to fix myself. And it's like, nah, dog, that's, that's not how it works. In that same vein, doing the opposite is really, really okay. Don't try fixing yourself. Take a break from fixing yourself. Allow yourself to be exhausted. Allow yourself to be tired. And maybe, you know, if you got to still do something, accept that maybe the product that you put out there is not going to be as good as if you weren't exhausted. So this is episode three of the podcast. I just put a, a promotion out on my TikTok. I have a TikTok called Onichan Show. O-N-I-I-C-H-A-N-S-H-O-W. I have 4,000 followers on there. It's a wonderful community of, you know, DID people and dorks and just plain old people and not so plain people. So I make this advertisement for TikTok and I make it kind of narratively within the show because the show is about me, Damien, and Tresgrars, my personalities, and it's fictitious and it's making fun of my DID. And that's what the TikTok is about. But I made an episode of it and I'm like, I'm going to promote this episode. And I realized that at the end of the episode, the only people who's really going to understand this episode are, are fans of the show who already know who the characters are, who already know what the relationships are, who already know that I have dissociative identity disorder. And I put uh, like a hundred dollar promotion on this video. And I realized, well, shit, if, if people are going to watch this video and they don't know the show, then this is one of the worst advertisements <laughs> ever made. And I did that while I was exhausted. I did that today after uh, a hour shift that I was already exhausted going into. 
So when you do something exhausted and then you make a worse product because of it or a product that's not as good as you want it to be, you just got to accept it. You're tired during the moment. You're exhausted during the moment. Your project, your art, your goal is also going to be exhausted. It's going to reflect that state. And that's okay. That's really, really okay. It's totally fine. There's no need to worry about it. It's not the end of the world. Unless you're so exhausted you spent a half a million dollars, your entire life savings, and then some into stocks and then lost it all or whatever. Or maybe you have a gambling addiction. You know you know when something's serious and you know when something's a big deal. And you should know when something's okay. If you don't, maybe seek a medical professional. Get some, get some secondhand opinions. Get some therapy in you. Help you out. Understand what reality really is and what's okay and what's not okay. If you don't feel okay all the time, just like we said before, it's okay to not be okay. But you also have to realize is that your level of input, your level of energy is reflective of what you put out there. So I was exhausted all day today, and yet I still had customers thanking me so many times for how good of a job I did or how nice I did. And that just shows that when I'm really, really tired, I'm really exhausted, I can still perform a high level of customer service an appreciative level of customer service, a sincerity or insincere level of customer service. And I, I got to be okay with that. I have to give myself a pat on the back on that. Otherwise, I'm just going to beat myself up and go like, well, shit, I'm tired all the time, which I am. <laughs> I do have, you know, times where I'm really energized and I still forget to pat myself on the back. I still forget to look back and go like, oh, wow, there I, I got way better results with that. Forcing yourself to do better or forcing yourself to get results that you want to get or just choosing not to do anything when you're exhausted is something a lot of people do. Like when I'm depressed and I'm exhausted, I don't want to do anything. I want to stay in bed the whole time. Sometimes that re-energizes me. Sometimes that puts me in a worse spot. It kind of depends on how depressed I am. And it also kind of depends on which alters are awake at that time and which alters are dealing with me. Because I'm not in a point in time in my life anymore where my alters are with me 100% of the time. I did that for over 16 years. I did that for a very, very, very long stretch. I did that for... The majority of my life. But because of my medication, because I created a, um, a place for Damien to rest, I no longer have them awake at all times. So let me tell you where Damien goes when he's exhausted, when I'm exhausted and I want us to be apart or I want him to relax. My social worker worked with me on this and they did a fantastic job on this. And pretty much when you dissociate, when I dissociate, I really do experience a reality that's not real in any way. I see and hear and smell things that just aren't there. Mostly seeing and hearing though. 
So, Damien is younger than me, kind of a teenager, and he really likes socializing, but he also really enjoys the calmness because he feels like he has to socialize because he has a lot of confidence issues. He has a lot of self-worth issues. In my perception, I have a place to give him so that way he can rest. And it took me a long time to figure this out. It took me quite a few months. And I really had to ask myself, what does Damien like? I had to talk with Damien. I had to ask him what he likes. And, you know, sometimes he would say some ridiculous shit. <laughs> he would say something like, um, like, he really likes talking with people and he wants to switch with me and he wants to front and that he doesn't need this place. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not going to make you feel comfortable. Knowing you, that's not going to make you feel comfortable. And so this is the place that I made for Damien. It is a chair, a metal chair. And somehow, for some reason, it's comfortable for him. So he sits in this metal chair and it's on a sidewalk. On one side of the sidewalk is an infinite plane of grass with a sunset. And that sun never sets. It is always in the middle of being a sunset. And he is able to look at that infinite field of grass, kind of like wheat grass, kind of gray. If you've seen the beginning of the Goofy movie, uh, like that, but remove uh, all the Goofy. <laughs> and then on the other side of the sidewalk, behind him, behind the metal chair, is a city, and the city goes infinitely. And what he's able to do, although he's never done it, but he can, what he's able to do is that he's able to get up from the chair and he's able to go into the city, and as soon as he starts walking into the city, everyone within a certain radius of him, let's say 10 feet, starts appearing. And he can talk to those people. He can interact with those people. If he wants to go into a bakery, he can talk to the baker. If he wants to go to a store, he can talk to the store clerk. If he uh, wants to see a friend, uh, they'll appear and he can talk with them on the street. And then if he's done with that, he can go back to the chair and all those people disappear. And yet you can still hear, you know, a couple of the honks from the cars. You can still hear uh, the traffic. You can hear the walk lights. You can hear the wind through the buildings. That city is alive, and yet it's completely deserted. And he has that option. Peace in front of him, society behind him, ultimately alone. But he doesn't have to be. And that, I, I gotta tell you, that makes him feel so calm and relaxed and comfortable that he'll just fall asleep and he'll disappear and then I'll be alone and I won't have any altars awake and I'll be honest when I first had that happen I was so so lonely after having him for so many years by my side at a minimum you know kiddo my youngest altar would come and go 
Bernie, my oldest altar, would come and go. I didn't even I didn't even recognize Bernie as an altar until Damien happened. So having all of them being able to go to sleep and not hearing these voices, not hearing my altars in my head was so incredibly lonely. And I had to I had to start thinking in a completely different way. I had to start thinking like a singleton, if you will, somebody with, you know, no altars with one mind. And that was hard. That was really, really hard. And it was exhausting. Oh my God, it's still exhausting. But on the other hand, you know, Damien constantly yelling at me or now being able to just talk with me or hang out with me or be with me and, and communicate with me and whatnot. Still exhausting. So you either take a moment, take a breath, don't do anything. Accept the exhaustion. Do what you got to do or don't do anything. And accept that choice too. The whole point is to be more gentle with yourself. Don't have these expectations for you to operate like everyone else. Don't have these expectations to operate like the, you know, the wonder human being that has no mental illness. Don't even expect yourself to be like other people with mental illness. You get to decide that pace. You get to decide those choices. And if you're struggling, if you don't feel good during that point in time, talk to a medical professional and they will help you feel comfortable during those uncomfortable times. Or they'll help you, you know, get through the uncomfortable times and you may not feel comfortable. It's okay to not feel okay. It's okay to not be okay. It's kind of like gritting your teeth. But we don't want you to grit your teeth. We want your teeth to stay good and healthy. We want your jaw to relax. You may be thinking of really hard times. You may be having a hard time perceiving things. You may be having a hard time dealing with your mental illness or dealing with your health. <sighs> but don't try so hard. Don't try all the time. Try. Sometimes. Try hard. Sometimes. Relax. Sometimes. Accept that you cannot relax. Sometimes. It's a give and take. And that give and take is, you know, takes a lot of time, takes a lot of effort. So I'm just going to leave it at that because I'm exhausted. I did the commercial for TikTok. I recorded this. I'm, I'm done. I'm so, I'm so done. I'm, uh, I am exhausted. But that's the beauty of it. I, I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm going to be fine. I am technically fine. I just want to go to bed faster. <laughs> and if I wake up exhausted and I haven't found my energy back, then tomorrow maybe I'll do a little less so that way I don't feel so exhausted. I got this uh, pineapple mango lemonade from Wendy's. And that's going to be in my little jar, my bottle. <laughs> I'm going to sip on that tomorrow. And when I take a sip of that, I'm going to be like, yeah. Yeah, I like this thing. It may not give me any energy, 
may not give me any motivation, may not even change my mood. But I'm going to make that decision to try to have those emotions. And if that doesn't work or I get frustrated, then I'm going to try to make the decision to just do nothing. Move forward. May not be the best thing. May not be the worst thing. And if I get lost, then I got to reach out for help. And I think you can too. Thanks for letting me be personal with you. Thank you for listening. DIDandMe.com. This is my blog. I'm, I'm really tired. But I'll talk with you soon. Later.